Okay, so hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online Podcast. Um, I'm here today with Tracy Stewart, a business coach for The Dentist. Um, so 2020 was obviously very eventful <laughs> for everybody for, for obvious reasons. Um, but for you, it was particularly special because it was the year you decided to, to sort of take on a personal health kick. Um, so what, what sparked this? Well, I suppose that I think I was no different to anybody else, Gabby. Um, you know, it hit and, you know, initially I suppose like everybody else, I felt it was curtains. So it wasn't so much that I woke up and decided it was going to be a health kick. Some might say it was actually a kick in the head. It was a massive mindset shift. And I think what's important, whether it's weight, now I suppose for me it's very obvious. Uh, somebody said to me yesterday, <laughs> losing seven stone is like a person. And uh, I hadn't quite thought of it like that. But yes, I am half the person that, that I was. Um, but with the, you know, having a mindset shift, that is, you know, whether you're going to have a successful business, whether you're going to have better relationships with people in your family or your team, or whether you're just going to be a better golf player. So, you know, anything. But it's only going to be possible if you change your thought process. Um, but coming back to what started it for me, Gabby, without a doubt, Zoom in my mindset was probably the worst thing in the world that could ever happen. Um, I'm of a personality that I don't like change. I'm certainly not a computer nerd. And then I had to rock up and I had to look at myself every single day. And I could avoid this. I didn't have to, apart from brushing my teeth in the morning and putting a bit of lippy on, that's probably the first and last time I looked at myself. And, you know, it was hurting. It was hurting deep inside. And, I, you know, I had to, I had to accept that. Um, I had to actually change my uh, coping uh, mechanism. And then, of course, the news came on and all the pictures of people that were dying were plus size people and they had an underlying health condition and I had um, you know moderate asthma and at that point it was I have a choice do I just sit here and wait for it to come and take me and whilst being a bit thinner and healthier was no guarantee I was going to survive it was going to give me the best chance and so that was the choice that was the choice I took. I think Zoom it's had a a widespread impact I think um, you know people spending more time looking at themselves um, particularly in dentistry it sparked you know people coming in for cosmetic surgery um, cosmetic surgery cosmetic treatment teeth whitening teeth straightening things like that um, because you're right you're suddenly face to face with yourself where you, you you know if you look at yourself in the mirror it's usually a couple of minutes then you're gone um, so, so how did you so what did you what was your sort of first steps how did you go about making a change um, well, I think just coming back to some of the point that you actually um, made there, Gabby, you're absolutely spot on because part of what I do is I listen to call recordings in the practices and without a doubt, more and more of these actual um, inquiries, when the team are actually showing an interest in listening to patients, and um, they are saying that they're on team meetings and they didn't like what they were seeing. So absolutely, this is definitely, um, you know, driving a lot more inquiries. Um, but where did it start with me? Well, it, first of all, it wasn't a diet, um, because I think when you actually then tell yourself that you can't have something, then you want something. You try telling a child that they can't do something, what's going to happen? They're going to do the opposite. 
Um, so I think it was the dialogue with, within myself. I mean, I think for me, it was really raising my self-awareness because I never found myself in the supermarket going around the aisles thinking I need that bottle of wine and I need that box of chocolate, but they were always in my trolley. And, um, you know, nowadays I go around the aisle and I've got a little argument going in my head going, I've done so well, you, you deserve that bottle of wine. And the other voice goes, you're not bloody having it because you're not going back to where you are. Yeah. Now I go around that aisle three times before, you know, hopefully the good voice wins. Yeah. And, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, I'm a human being like anybody else. And at the weekend, who doesn't deserve a chocolate bar and, uh, you know, some wine? You know, you can't restrict yourself. But I was very aware that I was one of those people that said, oh, you know, Weight Watchers, what a load of bloody rubbish, Slimming World you know, um, you know, the, the virtual gastric band, oh, you, you name them, Gabby, I did them all. But the fact is, it wasn't that they didn't work, because if I had followed them, then they would have worked. It was the fact that I had now chosen to actually have a different picture. And, you know, the way that our brain works is that you develop a thought which creates a picture, and that then triggers a feeling, and then we carry out a decision or an action. And so for me, it was really changing that. And I suppose I'm really lucky because I'm connected with a lot of coaches in my world. And so I reached out to a couple of coaches, one being a mindset coach and one actually being a holistic um, physical um, training coach. And between the two of them, they really helped me get in the right headspace to actually make some changes and also to have a realistic goal. Now I was, you know, I suppose I was really lucky. For me, it happened really quickly. I lost a lot of weight in five to six months, but I had a realistic goal that this could have been a two-year plan. Um, so I was, you know, I wasn't getting married. I wasn't at, had no special event coming up. There was no, you know, quick deadline. Um, and I think, you know, if you think about this in life. If you look at Anthony Joshua, everything's about mindset. You know, when he lost a boxing match to maybe somebody that he shouldn't have, he was the first person to actually come off in his interview and say, I just wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was surrounding myself with the right people, getting myself in the right headspace. Um, and from there, it was then actually carrying out an action plan. Yeah. I think what you just said there was really important and I've never thought of it before, but not having a reason to do something as such. You said there, you know, you didn't have a date or an event coming up to motivate you. That that makes it a lot more difficult to stick by it. So, I mean, without that, you, yeah, you should be especially proud of yourself to have got into that mindset and, and taken this action because there wasn't this deadline. Um, I usually, I think I work like that a lot of the time. I, I sometimes won't you know, stick to something unless there's a there's a reason to if you see what I mean um which isn't isn't necessarily a good thing because you should be able to motivate yourself to, to do something anyway um so what, what what were the biggest challenges you think you faced um during this journey me and the, and, the, and the battle of the voice I mean I remember getting on the um the treadmill for the first time and look it was a three minute run yeah. and you know there was that little voice going you're not good enough you're not strong enough you're too old and as I say, for me, it was a really big thing was about self-awareness. And for me, I had that picture. Mm. You know, I had a picture of um, 
I'm showing my age here now, but you know, I had a pair of jeans that were 24 years old that were prestige because I hadn't actually worn them for very long. They were 501s, they buttoned up, and I had a picture in my head of you know a lovely leather jacket that crikey, I can't remember the last time I actually wore a leather jacket. You know, those jeans are probably they're stonewashed and they're probably out of date, and probably people, I don't know what people thought would think now I walk down the high street in them, but they bloody well fit, and that's what's most important to me. But you know, whether it is your whether it is your genes or whether it's the type of dentistry that you want to do or whether it's the, the patients that you want to attract to your team, yeah. it, it, it's the same thing. It, it, it all stems from mindset. And how do you feel now, um, sort of post-journey? How, how do you feel now? Do you feel better? Um, obviously, the, the physical impact of it is, is perhaps the most obvious, but do you feel better mentally as well? Absolutely. I just feel that I've got more energy. I feel that I've got myself back. And I think the best thing that a business owner, whether it's me or whether it's a dentist can do, is show up being the best version of yourself. And if you are um, not mentally strong enough, then physically you're not showing up in the best version of yourself. And therefore you're not leading your team down that, that path. So without a doubt, more energy, and with that, I think comes confidence. And I think, you know, I think you've actually are more approachable. And there are lots of business out owners out there where their team maybe think they, they're not approachable because there's loads of stuff and there's lots of stuff going around in their head at the moment. So it isn't that they don't mean to be approachable, but if you're not feeling the best version of yourself, then maybe you're not smiling as as maybe you need to be as a business owner. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I think that's particularly more important nowadays, um, given the last sort of 10 months. Um, mindset is more important than ever. Um, and dentistry, obviously, has been hit particularly hard. They've had some some difficult times to overcome. And, and I'm sure there's some more obstacles that are going to come their way um, into 2021. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I, I agree. I think mindset is is particularly important. But where, where did, why is it that you think it is? Why do you think this is something that is important in dentistry mindset? So, for example, if we just talk about the word sales, what happens is you mentioned that to most team members and quite often business owners as well. You know, we are a profession that want to help people. And it's no different with what I do. I want to help people and I want to bring the fun back to dentistry. But if you take sales, if you were to tell a team member or a dentist, you're sending them on a sales course, that actually develops that first thought, which is going to create a picture. And let's face it, when it comes to sales, most of us have actually got a negative picture of sales. And that's actually going to trigger an emotion. And then somebody's going to actually make a decision or they're going to carry out an action based on that. And that could be, um, it's not for me. And it doesn't matter what you say or do, you're not going to get the team on board. So for me, um, I have a 12-month profitable dental plan. And um, the first day of that, pre-COVID um, has always been about your thinking, behaviour, personalities, team dynamics. But what it's allowed me to do is I think I felt pressurised when I went in and delivered a day that, you know, people wanted me to tell them how to do things differently. 
And yes, we do need to make those changes, but your team are not going to, or a business owner is not going to actually make that change if they don't actually change their thinking process and their mindset. So for me, it's been great because it's allowed me now to deliver that day one of that program fully on behaviors, thinking, where our beliefs come from, team dynamics and how we interact with each other, rather than this is what we do when we actually sit in front of a patient and we communicate our treatment plan. This is what we do when we're on a Zoom call. This is what we do when we're actually replying to an email. That's all part and parcel of the 12 month plan, but we're starting with the foundations and the foundations have got to come with a growth mindset you know, a, a learner mindset rather than a judger and, and being stuck and fixed. Yeah. How, how long has this been your philosophy? I mean, we could, if we just rewind a little bit, how, how did you get into dentistry? Why is this something that you are, are so passionate about now? Well, I think for me, um, like most people, I didn't wake up one morning and decide I was going to actually go into dentistry. I was actually working in a travel agent. And, you know, people probably know my personality as being a bit cocky, but, you know, at, at 16, I thought I was better than stamping brochures. I wanted to fly the world. You know, I didn't want to be stamping brochures. And for me, it, it, it was a bit dull and boring. It wasn't for me. And so I resigned. And uh, I have a very strong-willed Irish mother who made it quite clear that I wasn't going to be sat on my ass. I was actually on a college course or I was in a job. And she's great, my mum. So she rang up the local dental practice for her daughter who's got a massive needle phobia. And uh, I found myself as a training dental nurse. And, um, you know, it really, it really went from there. I mean, I, I was really lucky, or some people would say you create your own luck. But I worked for some amazing dentists and some amazing practices. Um, training and education was really important to them. So, you know, I did my nursing qualification, I did my practice management qualification, I was one of the first treatment coordinators in the UK, I worked with business coaches in, the, in America, and then I suppose I felt that something was missing and I needed somewhere else to go, and that's when I studied um, the ILM coaching and mentoring diploma, and my God, that just opened a world to me. It was a completely different set of tools that we didn't have as practice managers, it suddenly made me kind of go, you know, it's like the light bulb went on and we don't have difficult people. We don't have resistant team members because that's what you're hearing. You know, they're difficult and they're resistant. Stuff happens. There's stuff behind this behaviour. Um, if a patient turns up and they're aggressive, we appreciate that maybe they're nervous or maybe COVID had an impact on them. But if the team member actually does something that maybe is not favourable behaviour, you know, we just assume that they're a bad person. You know, you might actually play um, a recording of maybe um, a training session. You might ask a team member to actually present or you might ask them to do a presentation on Zoom. And they may just say, right, it's not going to happen. I'm not doing it. And it's very easy to think that, you know, they're a bad person or they're not helping everybody else in the practice. But take a step back. What if that team member had to actually give a reading in assembly at six years of age and everybody teased them? 
that actual feeling is locked in and the brain has one focus and one job and that is to keep us safe and that's where you see the fight or flight kick in so when we were actually driving our car and somebody cuts us up you know do we kind of go make that decision right you little knobhead i'm going to get right in front of you and i'm getting my own back on you or could it be oh i wonder if they've just had a call you know maybe their parents are in a hospital maybe they're driving really fast for a reason and we don't and you know we've just got to take a step back and you know learn a little bit more before we actually make assumptions and judge yeah i completely agree um and when you were just saying that i get quite bad with road rage sometimes <laughs> so you saying that is uh yeah that's that's hit home um but you're completely right it's, it's very quick to um to react to, to the behavior of somebody without even considering what might be behind that whether it's like you said something in their childhood or if it's something that's happened just a few hours beforehand um and i can imagine people might be less likely to make exceptions for their staff sometimes um because they're you know they want to they want to get their do their best basically as a team um patients you might you might be a little bit more uh, understanding but um yeah it's definitely important that that's sort of a universal way to to treat people um so how how's the last year changed the way you do things um what have you how have you had to adapt oh crikey zoom as i say for me it was like god you know curtains uh yeah. I don't even know what button to press, uh, putting people into rooms, my God, my world was over. You know, I had a, a conversation with the marketing team, you know, like most dentists when they came into lockdown, it was like, we can't, can't carry on. So for me, it was a massive mindset shift. And as I say, you know, I had people around me that were, were helping me. It's crazy. Now I'm like, how the hell did I survive without it? You know, um, I might be going into practices, and even if people are there part-time, I think one thing that's always been a bit of a challenge for dentists in the day one of what I do is getting everybody into the practice. And now they don't need to be in the practice. So if you've got somebody who's part-time or somebody can't be in the practice for a particular reason, they can log on. So if I, when I'm going on site, I'm not only working with the people on site, but I'm also working with people on the computer. And it's also been a shift as the 12-month the plan can be delivered 100% um, on uh, Zoom if necessary. But the feedback from dentists, oh, they love it. They've got more access to me. So I turn up to team meetings. I have my own little chair and I'm on a computer and I'm part of the team meetings. I've never felt so connected. Uh, um, there was a, um, I was uh, working with a practice manager the other day in a, in a practice in Gloucester and all of a sudden the business owner's head appeared on screen and he said, I've just got this question about this treatment plan and, you know, the different ways of presenting it, this, that and the other. And, you know, he's like, oh, this is great. He said, it's like I've got my own little Tracy in the practice whenever I need her. Because all they need to do is actually, um, you know, fill in a calendar invite of when they actually need me because as part of the 12 month they have unlimited access to me so it could be training sessions delivered on site when we're allowed to do so training sessions delivered by zoom but also um, just booking our sessions when they need whatever it may be to help them have a profitable practice 
driven by dynamic team. So it, at first it was a, an adjustment, um, but then uh, over time it's, it, you've completely adapted. Do you think this is something you're going to carry forward now um, into the future? Too bloody right, Anne, Gabby. I am moving to Cornwall in, East, in Easter and I want some bloody time on the beach. <laughs> so I now have an assistant who manages my diary because uh, <laughs> you've got to practice what you preach. So my diary will have more structure. It will basically bloody well do what I teach everybody else to do. So I have time for me. Um, you know, I've, I've had, that's probably a, the biggest adjustment is more time for myself. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd check my emails like everybody else. And that came first. Now, you know, I don't mean it to sound big headed, but I come first because if I'm not in the best headspace then my clients are not going to get the best out of me so that might be taking the dog for a walk it might be going for a run now but I make sure I'm in the right headspace before I log on you know let's face it you know even if somebody actually sends me an email saying their practice is on fire the chances of me getting there and having a big enough hose pipe what the bloody hell can I do about it you know, I know it's great that they think I'm actually the full of emergency service sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, it's really refreshing and, and I'm feeling loved. But I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. So the best thing I can do for them is be the best version of me and give them the best version of me. Um, but absolutely, the way that the... I, I'm, without a doubt, clients get more for their buck, if you like, because they have far more value, they have more access, um, and it's restrictive. So when we're looking at the 12 month um, profitable dentist plan, I'm only looking at working with 15 dentists a year on that because I am one person. Um, you know, so it's, it's helping those. Um, alongside that, there are other ways I can help people, but that 12 month program is very focused in what I can do, what I want to do, and what I don't want to do. Yeah, definitely. I, I know you said it might sound big headed, but I don't think it does at all. I think um, the pandemic has taught us all to take a step back in a way and just slow down, um, which is incredibly important um, because, yeah, like, as you said earlier, if you're not in a good place yourself, you're not going to, going to be able to do your best for other people. Um, I think that's you can apply that to all areas of life. Um, and there's no emails are not are not uh, not what you should be doing first thing when you wake up. I don't think I think yeah, you said get getting outside or or even just having breakfast and, and listening to the radio or something like that just to clear your head. Um, it's, it's, it's so important. Um, but Cornwall, was that was that the result of was that a decision you made off the back of lockdown or was that always in the pipeline? Well, it was a retirement plan that just actually being brought forward. And I think, you know, um, I do a lot of work with other coaches, a lot of what I do in um, personal development for me now is outside of the dental world. And, you know, you hear things and I, I made a decision that I didn't want to be one of those people that was maybe on their deathbed going, do you know what, if only I had done. Do you know what, hopefully it's going to work and I'm going to give it the best shot I can. Um, but at least I won't be there saying, well, I, you know, wish I tried it because um, I'm going to give it my all and that's all I can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want to be able to look back and, and say you've, you've done what you, you wanted to do. Um, definitely, definitely the last 12 months have taught us that. I'm really regretting not getting another holiday in before this happened, to be honest. <laughs> Something oh, no. And hair. 
<laughs> yes, yes. I got a haircut in December actually, and I asked my sister if she wanted to come and come and get it cut with me, and she said, no, 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 don't need it cut yet. Um, and yesterday she pulled me aside and she said, I, I really wish um, I'd come along with you. God knows when I'm going to be able to get one now. Um, I've got no eyelashes. I've got great hair. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, I'm just hoping. I don't know. It's, we've got a few more weeks of this, but I think it probably will be extended. Um, but hopefully, you know, I'm just getting. This morning, I woke up and I, I realised it was lighter, um, which was quite nice. Um, and, and the days are getting longer again, and we're kind of uh, easing into um, easing into uh, the the spring soon. Hopefully, like anything in life, Gabby, it's not going to be forever no no nothing lasts forever you know there is there is an end there is an end um and the vaccines i think hopefully that sort of light at the end of the tunnel i'm I'm just looking at the vaccine uh percentage to be honest i'm not looking at anything else anymore um but you're you're running a survey am i right i am yes what i wanted to do is to really find out where we are as a profession in the word mindset because without a doubt, you know, across the world, everybody's coming together to spread the word about mental health and mindset, which is great. Um, but certainly there are certain words, whether it happens to be vision and goals and core values, that I find as a profession, we may not always take it seriously. We might think it's a buzzword. So in order for me to be truly able to help the profession, I need to know where they are in their own headspace and what they're actually thinking about this and how important it is. And based on the information and the feedback that we get, um, helps me greatly as a, as a coach in how I can actually help everybody. Okay. And how, how can people get involved? Well, we've actually sent it out on social media. We've got it running on Facebook. Um, I sent it out on my, on my newsletter. So we're trying to get it out as um, to everybody. Oh. People want to head over to my website, which is mbstraining.co.uk. Oh. Uh, it's on the blog, and you can sign up to the newsletter there, or follow me via Instagram and the various um, avenues, and you can click the link. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, so obviously, yeah, the last the last ten months have been quite uh, eventful for you. Um, you've lost. Did you say seven stone? which is incredible <laughs> you look great by the way um i'm sure you've been yeah. sure you've been told that before but i thought i'd add it in um but yeah it's, it's 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 been a transformative um year for you but looking ahead into 2021 what what's in store for you and what do you think is in store for the profession well i think that really depends on the business owner and what they actually set and um, the message in their brain to focus on are they looking at the growth of their business or they're looking at the demise of their business? Because until um, until they have that process set and they have that picture clear, is going to be depending on where they actually lead the team. Um, without you know, without a doubt, it is a case of embracing change. But the thing is, Gabby, I'd, I'd really love for people to be not 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 so focused on COVID and the impact because a lot of the things that I'm actually working with and solving were there before COVID. Whether your team are not working together um, you know, in the best way, that happened before COVID. You know, if a car 
doesn't have the right oil and the bits of the engine are not working together, then the performance of that car is not going to be great. So that happened within the team before COVID. And um, I might upset a few people here, but it is fact. UDA targets, okay, yes, we've got this 45%, and I know that there's a lot of emotions running high around that, but every bloody year this is dealt with. Every year there is a dentist coming in in January, stressing out their team because we're not hitting the UDA target. The fact is, this could have been planned for, it could have been focused, the diary could have been managed better, the team could have actually been trained in what to say and how to say it to patients. So, you know, it is about managing a business in a way that a business should be, but we've got to be mindful that, you know, we're in a profession of helping people. Um, but it, it starts with the business owner and it starts with their mindset because you can't expect your team to embrace change if they're not actually um, leading with it. Uh, yeah last year was difficult um but i think you're right i think we we need to move away from the focus of covid uh, i know it's impossible to avoid at the moment um but as we as we mentioned earlier that you know vaccines are being rolled out and and hopefully we're going to be getting out over the worst of it now and then it's just a case of challenges come come all the time and um hopefully dentistry can look back one day and, and say that they 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 learned a lot um, and they've come out of this stronger um, and, and, and with better businesses. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I understand completely what you mean there. And I think, Gabby, it's about being open and honest with your team. I think it's about being open and honest. And if there's one thing that I've greatly learned, it's not being afraid to show your vulnerable side. You know, we're human beings and, you know, your, your team are going to come with you. And they're going to support you. So rather than be guarded and, and, and trying to protect yourself, just be open and be honest and, and, and don't shy away from your vulnerabilities. Definitely not. Definitely not. Honesty goes a long way, I think. Um, and the more open we are with each other, the better we will be for it. Um, not just in dentistry, but just, just in general. Um, so, yes, good philosophy, I think. But, yeah, moving away from dentistry. Um, what what do you like to do away from your away from your job? Um, any hobbies you have? Anything that anybody doesn't know about you? Well, I just actually can't believe that these words are going to come out of my mouth here, Gabby, because this, you're talking about a girl that wouldn't even run for a bloody bus. Uh -huh. Even if there was a fifty pound note on the floor, I wouldn't bloody run for it. I'm telling you. And um, so I'm actually training for a half marathon, and I am absolutely loving it. Um, I did have an injury. I fell over, unfortunately, walking the dog, and I was out for two months. So yesterday was my first first run, and it did hurt a little bit. But I can't believe that I'm really, really enjoying it. And um, you know, I didn't wake up one morning going, "I'm going to join a half marathon." I had a client come to me, and um, working with his team, I've always said, "There's no such word as can't. It's the power of yet. I can't do it yet." So when he said, how do you fancy run a marathon? Initially, I was like, oh my God, I can't run a marathon. And then I was like, okay, that's what you can't do. What can you do? Right, let's, I can run half. Not yet, but I can run half. So uh, here we go, September, fingers crossed. I'm going to be in Ireland, in Dingle, running half a marathon. That's amazing, honestly. Um, but what, 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 about, what about running is it that you, you like best? Is it, is it how you feel afterwards or do you actually enjoy the, the, the act of it? 
I think the thing is, I actually take in the surroundings that probably I've never appreciated because I'm always in a car. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of still see things. I think it's breathing in the fresh air. A lot of it is I can do it because initially there was lots of battles in my head going, oh, I can't do it. I've got to stop. And then it would be, I'll oh, just get to the next lamppost. Oh, I've done that. And then I've done, instead of, oh, there's a bit of candy, there's a bit of candy. I was counting lampposts. <laughs> no, that's a good way to do it. It's a good way to do it. Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's been lovely chatting to you. And uh, you yeah, good, luck. good luck for the year ahead. Lovely. Thanks, Debbie.